My next guest is a private wealth advisor. He's one of 150 NFLPA registered player financial advisors. Please welcome Mickey McGill. Mickey, how's it going? Good. How are you, sir? Hey, doing all right. Doing okay. All right. So let's jump right into this. So what do you do? So I am a private wealth financial advisor. So there is a private wealth advisor and then a financial advisor. So basically, as a financial advisor, we do financial planning concepts around retirement, cash strategies, college planning, all those different types of things. Once you get to a private wealth advisor, you dealt with enough high level and high net worth individuals to be at a point where now you're kind of in a scenario where you're dealing mostly with millionaires and things of that nature. So been doing it long enough, I kind of moved up into those ranks. Okay. All right. And now with these high net worth individuals, are you working on helping them with their short term financial goals or medium term or long term all together? Or is it depending on the clients? How does that work? Yeah, all of the above. So what really a financial advisor, financial planner, what we do is help plan someone's future. Uh, We really, best way to kind of explain it, we're a financial strategist. So the thing is, most people don't talk about their money to other people. Um, Just like you won't talk about your general health issues just to a regular person, you would talk to your doctor about that. That's kind of where I the the you know the analogy I use is that we're a, almost like a financial doctor. So if you want to make a move from here to New York for a job opportunity, well, I'll be the person to talk to you about that and the pros and cons and thinking of things that you wouldn't necessarily think about. How's that going to affect your life today, tomorrow, five years, ten years from now? So really, financial strategist is, makes the most sense. You have a child being born. How are you going to pay for college? Well, let's talk about what are the costs? What's the inflation rate look like? If it's $10,000 today, it may be $30,000 a year by the time your child gets to college. And how are you going to fund those things? So it's really about how to handle life's financial curveballs that are sent your way. Uh, that's a good, good explanation. Good way to say, okay. Now you talked about people's children dealing with college. I'm guessing also retirement and you got to be on top of the markets, different products. I'm guessing maybe also different technologies as time goes. So how are you doing that? How are you staying abreast of all these things? How are you keeping them on top of all that? Well, a lot of news. Okay. I'm doing that quite often, but a lot of designations also. So mm. the CFP, which is a certified financial planner designation, that goes mm-hmm. through six key areas of a financial situation. That's something that I was able to ascertain and did that at Rice. So it's about your current situation, insurance, uh, wills, trusts, estate issues, retirement planning, investments, all those concepts are, are kept in there. Those are the things that you need to know in order to make sure that you're accurately looking at someone's financial situation. I also went and got my chartered retirement planning counselor. So that's specifically nice. that retirement you know, planning and the 401ks and IRAs and all the different right. retirement vehicles that are out there. What are the rules? What are the limitations? How do you use those things? accredited asset management specialist. Well, that's about investments. So how do you pick a stock portfolio? How do you diversify a portfolio? All those things come into play. So all these different designations that I do and education that I continue to bring about helps my client move forward in the future and make sure I'm on top of what 
changes are actually happening in the world. Okay, makes sense. All right. Now, I see that you're an, an NFLPA registered player financial analyst. Advisor. Mm-hmm. So what exactly is that? Yeah, so that's actually a program that was brought about by the players themselves. So I'm sure okay. you've heard all the stories, players getting taken advantage of, scrupulous yes. financial advisors or yeah. correct financial advisors, because that's another interesting thing. Anyone can call themselves a financial advisor. Someone that just sells insurance can call themselves a financial advisor. Someone who only does investments and doesn't look at insurance or any other thing can call themselves a financial advisor. So there's no real regulation around the name. So as the general public meets someone, they don't know who they're dealing with. That's why the CFP, Certified Financial Planner, is such a big and important designation because that lets you know at least this person knows all of the different concepts that are out there. So the NFL player said, we're getting taken advantage of. We don't know who's real, who's not, what's most important to looking and finding a financial advisor. Help us devise a program. And that's what the NFLPA, their their player association for the NFL players, came up with, which was this NFLPA registered player financial advisor. So they have a, a list of us that are on our website. There's only... Actually, there's only about 150 of us across the nation. Oh, wow. Okay. It's a short list because it's very difficult to get in. You have to be a financial advisor for eight years. You now have to be a CFP or a CFA. So you have to have mm. those nations to say what, what you are. Um, and you also have to have a clean record, right? Complaints, right. lawsuits, and all those things you can't have on your record. So they go through about a seven to eight month background check on you. So it's very, very wow. So, yeah, and most people just don't want to deal with it. Uh, And dealing with players, a lot of times the players don't always know about it. But when you're talking to a player, that gives them more sense of security, knowing that you have at least been vetted. And that's what the program is. It's really a vetting out process for uh, for the players that that work work with. And as an agent, if you're an NFL agent, you cannot refer one of your players to someone who is not in the NFLPA registered uh, advisor. So if you had a friend, you know, and that's where things get wrong too. Some agents that may not have their best, their client's best interests at heart, they may refer them to someone they're getting a kickback from that may or may not be a good advisor, but hey, it's another revenue stream. So therefore they have to be in this program in order for that to work. So. Well, that's great. That's great. They got that program up and congrats on being one of 150 in that. And I think I said financial analyst, I meant financial advisor. Great. So can you talk about a a typical day for you? How does that work? And what does that look like? Uh, Well, it's changed, Um, you know, throughout (laughs) the pandemic. But most of my time is spent, like I said before, being a financial strategist. This past week, for example, one of my Mm -hmm. clients, got a job offer, uh, literally, to, to move to another state and have a job, we had to work through the numbers. Another one of my clients right. called up wanting to refi their house and did it make sense for the interest rate they were going to get. Another one of my, my players called up asking specifically about what's going to happen this season and will he get paid if football isn't played. And another player said, yeah, man, I'm getting paid. I'm like, well, you're not. Your money's not guaranteed. Right. If you don't play, you don't get paid. So a lot of times mm. it's once they become clients and I go through the initial financial planning strategy, it's about mm-hmm. up and asking questions and answering questions, putting their minds at ease. When March happened and the market's down by 36%, people are yeah. freaking out. My job right. is to say, hey, this was our plan. This is what we had anticipated. The market may be down 36%. 
we're only down 10 or 15%. So the plan that we did still works. And if we just hold on, we'll make our money back and then we're back up above the market within a month. So those things are, are possible, but it's a lot of that. It's, it's, it's strategizing and, and servicing clients. And again, my career changed in the last three years once I got with the NFLPA. So now I deal right. with more athletes. So right. this stuff are dealing around just some of the, the basic questions around finance and what to do with this. I'm buying a car. I need a credit card. All those types of things. What am I going to do with the signing bonus when I get it? What are the taxes? Right. So it's a lot of tax conversations, a lot of forward thinking about making sure we're budgeting the right way. So a lot of those things happen on a day to day now. So well, that's check. great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now, so are you done at, let's say, five o'clock or is your day keep going? Are, are there things that are happening that are going to affect the markets that you're thinking about after in the evening? Or are you working on the weekends, too? Or are your clients calling you, asking you about some of these questions that you mentioned? So how does that work? Yeah. So, again, it, it all changed, right? Before, mm-hmm. four, three, four years ago, it was the market ended, the day was done. If I had client meetings after three or four yeah. o'clock, that's on me to schedule. So the good news mm. is it's you schedule it as you see fit. And a lot of times what ends up happening is that we don't get a lot of calls over the weekend. What tends to happen is where I get calls, it's friends of mine, right? right. Hey, <laughs> I got a question on this 401k and it's Saturday. And I'm like, look, man, I'm not going <laughs> to by Monday. I'm going to tell you right now. You text me over the weekend. Chance right. of getting back to you on Monday, Tuesday is not going to happen. So, <laughs> you know, uh, so people have learned. You know, just when I have family time, it's family time. But again, things have changed with the athletes because they move around so much, especially during the season. It's so difficult for them to kind of, you know, get a hold of somebody. So a lot of times I do, you know, I get calls at 10 o'clock at night talking to them about certain things. But okay. most of the time, we we structure it and fix it to during um, regular hours. I I did have one player. I, I will I will I will say it was maybe three o'clock in the morning wow. <laughs> he was out of and he had a credit card it wasn't working and he didn't know what to do uh luckily i had just came came back from an event myself uh, at homecoming so i was actually up and we were able to handle it but yeah that that's a rarity those things hardly ever happen so as long okay. as you are able to schedule your your time i've there's advisors in my office that once four o'clock happens they're gone for the day and that's it right it's right. it's your decision how much you want to work i'm in a I'm personally in a growth mode right now, so I tend to work a lot more than than normal people would. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, with your job, we mentioned being on top of the markets, knowing financial Mm -hmm. products. So those are certain skills that you have to have, that financial acumen and analysis, and also having to work with so many different types of clients, I'm guessing. So communication skills, how you're communicating to them, and just multitasking, I would think, too. But what skills and characteristics would you say are important to be successful in what you do? So- Surprisingly enough, I think the best financial advisors are those that want to be teachers or have been teachers before. Mm. Because financial planning is really about education. It's about coming up with a concept that's very, very complex and bringing it down to a granular level where you can understand it, right? Um, and, And the thing as a financial advisor, there's so many different areas that you can focus on. So if you're not someone that loves the market and loves investing, well, mm-hmm. partner with someone who does. Mm-hmm. I'm more of the someone I love taxes. Correct. Right. I love saving money in taxes. Right? <laughs> right. So that's more my lane. So I I spend a lot of times you know understanding tax code and getting to a place where hey if I can save a client fifty or a hundred thousand dollars in taxes that's a great day for me. 
So I have a full team of people. You know, one person takes care of my investing. Another person goes for my insurance. That's an expert in that. So what I, I call is a unique ability. So discover what your new unique ability and you can be that person as a financial advisor. You need to have just like a doctor, general practitioner, someone who just mm-hmm. has the, this, just the doctor you go to when you're sick. He doesn't know how to do brain surgery, but he'll refer you out to who does. Right. So that's right. the same way with a financial advisor. If it gets really complex, I'll bring in experts that know that specific area to make sure to solve that case. So for Got me, it. going to your question, being a teacher and an educator, someone that can explain things that are difficult to making them understandable, that's that's a person that's going to be a great financial advisor. Got it. OK, so so that's interesting. I guess I never thought of it that way. So. I guess I always thought of it as you're doing your, your whatever you need to do to save your clients money from, let's say, taxes. But you're saying you're also teaching your clients how you're doing this, what you're doing. So that's great. It's teaching them the financial literacy and teaching them a lot of these concepts that they're going to need in the future. Most definitely. Uh, and and that's, right. that to me is my favorite part. So I mm. do seminars. I do a lot of teaching. Um, college, okay. like middle schools, high schools. I do that all the time. Because first of all, I just love this career and I think it's a great career for other people. But secondarily, it's about educating and the more you know, the better you're going to be. So I always talk Mm. about compound interest and the power of compound interest. And if you earlier, you're going to have way more money than someone who doubles and triples your investments 10, 15 years down the road. So again, it's about understanding these things. And they're simple concepts. It's just that nobody talks about it. You know, we really have financial planning in high school and college, it's 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 yep. economics. Yeah, I'll tell you about a credit card, but I'm not telling you about investing, right? So, right. Um, and that's the thing. You can choose what angle you love the best and be that as a financial advisor and just partner with other people that love those other things. Because being a, a, a jack of all trade is a master of being a master of none, right? So you got to have a basic understanding of everything, but focus and be very, very efficient and successful by knowing your area and staying in your life. Right. Yeah, that's great advice. Okay, now you mentioned the last three years uh, how your your situation has changed, but just in general, how'd you get to where you are? What got you into being a financial planner? So I started in college. I was actually going to communications. I had a, a dream of being the president of NBC. I was very impressed okay. as a child. Uh, <laughs> got to college and realized that wasn't happening. So I switched my major to business management, and so I didn't really know which way I was going. Until after college, I worked with like funding and financial service, which was really mainly about funding companies, getting companies, startup companies, money and, and financing that way. And I met with a financial advisor while I was working and he was young, maybe, you know, five or six years older than me with his wife and kid. And I was like, you know what, that'd be an interesting career and did more research. And, you know, after three years of working in a funding and financial company, I became a financial advisor and uh, and. Literally, all the stuff that I enjoy doing uh, was what a financial advisor did, and I made that switch. So I've been doing that. I've been with my company for 18 years now. And what kind of got me the switch to dealing in in the athlete space is there was a a documentary that came out on 30 for 30, which is an ESPN miniseries. They kind of do different documentaries and stories by 30 different filmmakers. And this one was called Broke. And it was really about athletes filing bankruptcy and, and, and being broke after they finished their prospective sport. And to me, that was was a travesty. You make all this money and all these things happen and you, you lose all your dollars. And, and I had the opportunity to work with a very popular basketball player that 
my friends knew, but I never mm. approached him, met him several times, just never approached him because I didn't feel right. Mm. Come to find out that he lost a bunch of money from his financial advisor. Mm. I mean, that was the last straw. So that got me involved in wanting to deal with athletes. And I took the same knowledge I have getting clients and learning how to network from my job and really pinpointed that into sports and really working with referrals and center of influences, you know, basically got me six players in three months in the NFL. Oh, nice. Really took off really quickly. But I love to mentor and educate. I teach a I teach etiquette and hygiene to a, a rites of passage program at my church. And I love it. I've been doing that for 15 years. So again, my education and teaching, you know, and in, informing in is a perfect match to dealing with athletes because they're in a position where they may have millions of dollars and not know what to do with it and may not have someone in their corner to really have a good conversation around that. Um, All right. That, that, that's the way it works out. And and I end okay. up with a person that they call a lot of times, even before an agent, they'll call me and ask questions mm. about their contract, even though you know, the agent's the one, but I'm the one that has a relationship and I'm the one that can explain it a little bit better and easier to them because we've been talking about concepts that right from before. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's great to hear. All right. So you kind of answered this. It, well, maybe not. I wanted to find out what you really love about what you do. Yeah, I, it is. It's, it's the education part. It the really teaching. Is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Being a financial advisor can literally change someone's life. You can. Yeah. You, you, so this is one thing I always tell people. If you're coming from Europe, right? Mm-hmm. And you're coming to America and you're on a boat. If you change your trajectory by one degree, just one mm-hmm. degree, you end up in another continent. So right. small changes that people make can literally make huge changes in their lives down the road. But right. it's about doing it early on and making sure you understand that it doesn't feel like it's a big deal, but it is, right? Saving an extra 1% in your retirement account can literally mean the difference between retiring and having to continue to work for another five or 10 years. So it's those small things that happen and educating these people and just seeing their eyes like, oh my gosh, I never knew that, never realized that. That, yeah. That's what gets me. That's what gets me out of bed every morning, knowing that I can literally change not only their lives, but their children's and children's children's lives. It's that, it's that powerful. Yeah, it is. And we need more people to reach out to financial planners and financial advisors. And hopefully we'll see that. Now, what about any challenges? I know one would be what's going on now, the situation now with COVID. I know that's probably changed a lot with you. That and uh, any other challenges or anything that keeps you up at night? Yeah, I mean, mainly right now, it's just because being a financial advisor is a personal relationship. It's a a personal conversation. So not being able to see clients face-to-face. Yeah, Yeah, we have Skype, we have these things. But a lot of times people want to be touch and feel me, right? Hey, am I going to be okay? Give me a hug, right? I mean, those things uh, are really, really important in this business. And so that is yeah. that is very challenging. And so what ends up happening is, is I can explain and explain and explain and go through different scenarios, but they still feel nervous and want to take all their money out of the market. Well, that's always the, the bad thing to do because that's when you actually have loss. So, so that, that's been a big challenge of mine. So the things that make me nervous and worry is that People don't listen to the advice that I give, right? You know, and and this is this is weird too, but I take this time too. If someone's really, really scared, I make a very good point about documenting that and writing it down and making sure they remember it. Because this is gonna happen again. I've been in the industry when the tech bubble burst in 2000, right. the housing bubble in 2008. 
right? So yeah. I've built up credibility with my clients that I've had for 10, 15, 18 yeah. years. Hey, remember when that happened? Remember how you felt? Yeah. Well, remember what I said? It was going to be okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, it's equated to this situation. So that that tends to happen. So you have you know opportunities where you built up enough trust, um, enough in that emotional bank account is what I call call it, that gives them the ability to know that things are going to be okay and they're going to be moving in the right direction. That's good. Building up that trust, uh, not hiding when things aren't going your way in the right. markets or whatever, and being and being that face even if things aren't going well. I think that does build up the trust with your clients. Now, now as far as you mentioned, when they don't listen to your advice, what about situations where maybe they have friends or family members or whatever that want money from them? And are there situations where there's a little back and forth between you and a client on what they should and should not do? Oh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> dealing with, with the athletes. Because again, it's uh, right. a lot of times in, in the athletic world, and it's not all the time because the world is changing and people have a misconception that especially African-American players are just coming from horrible situations. That's right. not all the case. Right. But unfortunately, family is a lot of the reasons why people do go broke, right? Yep. Mom needs a new car. Mom needs a house. Mom needs help with this. And so a lot of times I try to explain to them when you're on an airplane, right, and something happens with cabin pressure and the masks come down from above, they mm-hmm. ask you to put the mask on yourself first before assisting anyone else or any small right. children, right? Why do they say that? Well, if if you put the mask on another person who's unable to help themselves, and then you try to put it on yourself, you pass out, right? right. A child can't put a mask on you because they don't know what they're doing. So it's the mm-hmm. same thing financially. You got to make sure that you're going to be okay first, that you're going to be able to help and sustain and take care of other people when the money stops flowing in from whatever sport that you're playing. That's a very mm-hmm. important point. So we have a conversation around that. And, and a lot of times it's, it's like, instead of giving someone a fish, it's teaching someone to fish. So if there's a situation in their life where they're having a hard time keeping up with their mortgage or their rent, it may be a hard conversation to tell tell them that it's time for them to move, right? I've dealt with that specifically with my own client base. I've told people, you need to move out of your house and you need to sell it because it's too much money, you're going to go broke, right? Right. So now I'm having the conversations with the one that wants to fund that situation. And look, these are the numbers. You can be emotional and, and think one way or not, but numbers don't lie. This is going to be the situation. And so it's a, it's a conversation that we have to do. And we have, I help them realize and understand that it's, it's not something that's going to be sustainable, especially if you're not going to be playing after three or four years, right? Right. right. We just know what's going to happen. You need to make yeah. sure you have those dollars to start your own businesses, to start your own opportunities that will build and bring in more revenue down the road. So yep. that's what it boils down yep. to. Well, good. That's good conversations. And I love your, anal- your analogies. I could tell you, you love to teach. So. <laughs> now, my mom. <laughs> now, what's your most memorable moment? Or- I, yeah, well, actually, I, I do. I have one. So this was probably 15 years ago, 15, 16 years ago as a financial advisor. So I was pretty new in the, in the business, had a client who was a shopaholic and spent every dollar she had. She, after the end of the month, he's always scrounging around trying to, trying to get money. And I, and I told her, I was like, instead of saving after you spend, let's save first and spend after that. So live life on automatic. So we set up an account for her where we literally save, you know, a couple hundred bucks, whatever it may be on a monthly basis. 
and and as Americans, we always live on what's what's left, right? What's in our bank account? Oh, we can go to the movies. Oh, we can go on vacation. This is what's left. Well, if you save first, it makes life a lot easier because right. subconsciously you don't even realize that your life is as different as it is. So within a year, she came back to my office and was crying because she saved $7,000 in cash. $7,000. She had never in her life saved that much money. And I never forgot that because I didn't think it was that big of a deal what I did, right? I just said, save an extra two, 300 bucks into this account. We have Mm -hmm. the capital. Let's just do it. It came out of her check before it touched her account. Because it did, her life wasn't changed. She didn't feel any different, but she realized she had $7,000 and she literally broke down and cried. So from then on, I knew the power of saving and investing and paying yourself first is just as powerful as anything else that's out there. Yeah, man, great story. Thanks for all that. Now I'm going to move over to part of the interview where I'm going to ask you just quick hitter questions for people to get to know you. But before we do that, is there anything that I might have missed or you think people should know? Yeah. Well, one other thing, financial advisor, right? What does it take to become a financial advisor? You do need a college Mm -hmm. education in today's world. So the good news is it doesn't necessarily matter what your major was in college, but you do need a college degree. I've had people that were pharmacists when they became financial advisors. They 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 had a degree in, in biochemistry or something before they became a financial advisor. They were teachers before and, and did that. You know, so it doesn't necessarily matter the degree, but it does matter that you have one. And and then once you get through that, once you become a financial advisor, doing courses like the CFP to make sure you have a full grasp mm-hmm. and understanding of everything, that's going to be very important. And be licensed to do everything, right? Don't just get your Series 6, which allows you to do mutual funds and things like that. Go ahead and get your Series 7 so you can do stocks and things. Even if you don't specifically intend to invest that way, have the ability to do it so you have the whole universe of investments open to you and you find what works best for your client, right? Don't try to book a cookie cutter um, presentation. Always have something that's tailored to every single client. And if you're not licensed to do certain things, then you can't offer them everything. So, all right. And then with the CFP, how long did that take for you to achieve that? It depends. So Rice University did a accelerated program. So it took a year, but St. Thomas does a program and it's done over two years. So it's a year to two year program. And then you have to take an exam that lasts two days and it's 10 hours. So it's very tedious, very long test that you have to take. It is, it is not for the faint at heart. (laughs) Definitely not. Uh, But they want to make sure you know what you're doing. So that's why they're, it's very rig- rigorous uh, when going through it. Nice. All right. So let's get to these uh, quick hitter questions. Sure. All right. So the first one, what's your favorite sports team? Uh, <laughs> so funny story. Uh, I don't really watch sports that much, even though I work okay. with the wow. All right. And I moved around a lot as a child, but I'm a Texas boy. So anything Houston is what I root for. But watching it on a regular basis, probably not going to happen <laughs> unless okay. my players play. Team. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but yeah. So don't necessarily have one. <laughs> All right. What about favorite movie or show? Uh, favorite movie. Um, you know, actually, it it was uh, Usual Suspects. Uh, it's an older movie. Uh, it came out. It's uh, I, I'm a movie buff, so I like being so surprised at the end. Of, yeah, being surprised at the end of the movie. And I. I've turned into a Marvel guy, so I'm all into the Marvel movies. Those are my those are my those are my things. Those are my jams. All right. Favorite musical artist or group? Musical artist? Uh, I'm a large fan of Outkast. 
Uh, I've always been. That's uh, been a, a group too. And I haven't released any, you know, new music lately, but that is, right. that's my, that's, that's that. When I, when I pop in music, I normally listen to them. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, favorite, favorite vacation spot? Uh, so I don't do a lot of vacationing. I, it's just, we never grew up that way, but I will say this. The vacation that changed my life was when I went to St. Croix, Virgin Islands. It was was when I was living in Vegas. I lived there for three years after college in that funding and financial service. And when I got there, it was so beautiful and so relaxing and so serene. I realized I was miserable in my life. <laughs> I did not live in, I don't <laughs> like living out there. And uh, I'd made the decision to go ahead and move at that point. So, uh, but St. Croix, Virgin Islands, I was, if I go back, that's where I always love to go. And and I'm also biased because three of my friends are from there, so uh, okay, <laughs> Puerto Ray. So yeah, uh, but I love I love that place absolutely. Okay. Now, favorite food or drink? Um, snow crabs, Alaska snow, snow crabs. crabs. Those are, All right. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am definitely. Uh, I just had those yesterday. So <laughs> yeah, as one of my Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well. This has been great, Mickey. Very informative. Really liked uh, interviewing you and want to see, uh, is there any way that people can get a, get a hold of you? Yeah. So Instagram and LinkedIn are your best bet. Mickey McGill, M-I-C-E-K-E-Y, right. just like the mouse. E-G-I-L-L. Right. Uh, -L. So Mickey McGill on both of those platforms. Um, you can look me up, follow me, message me. I'll, 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 chances are I'll, I'll get back to you. Great. Well, thanks again. I really appreciate it and have a good one. All right. You too. Thanks. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you, everyone. If you have any comments or questions or would like to be on the podcast, please reach out to me on Instagram at Rodolfo Cooper. Thank you. Bye.